Chapter Four of Jill's Red Bag by Amy Lee Fouvre. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Gabrielle C. Chapter Four. Let's be truants. But tomorrow found her with different intentions. She awoke at six o'clock. The birds were singing, and the sun was streaming through the yellow blinds, bathing the room in golden lights. Jill and Bump slept in a room leading out of Miss Faulkner's. Jack had a small room across the passage. Softly, Jill stole out of bed and peeped out of the window. It was a morning that would tempt anyone out of doors. She saw a bright blue sky and sunny meadows. The fresh green trees, the spring flowers, the sweet scents of early morning all seemed to say, Come out and enjoy us! Jill's cheeks grew rosy at a thought that flashed through her brain. She opened the door softly and crossed the passage. Turning the handle of Jack's door, she whispered, "'Jack, are you awake?' Jack sprang up at once. "'Of course I am. What do you want?' "'Let's be truants today.' "'Oh, jolly! When? How?' Jill came in and sat at the bottom of the bed. "'We must go before breakfast, or we shan't be able to get away without being seen. Miss Faulkner sends Bumps and me down at half-past seven, and breakfast isn't ready till late.' so we shan't be missed. You get the food ready, and just as quick as you can. And where shall we go? Anywhere. What does it matter? I'll go back and wake up Bumps and tell her. Jill crept back to her room, and Bumps, a sleepy fat bundle, was shaken into consciousness. When she understood, she was delighted and was full of fuss and importance at once. I'll take my best china mug on the mantelpiece to get some water from a thrine. "'And do you think I might want to take an umbrella? "'Because it might come on a thunderstorm, "'and fell I take my spade and bucket I took to the thee?' "'Hush!' whispered Jill. "'You'll wake Miss Faulkner. "'You needn't take anything, you little stupid. "'Keep quiet and do what I tell you.' "'Bumps was not crushed. "'She kept up an incessant stream of shrill whispers "'till Jill refused to respond.' and then she confided the whole plan of action to her beloved ragdoll that she always took to bed with her. It was hard to keep the secret from Miss Faulkner, who always helped in the dress, but at last they were dismissed and scampered downstairs. Jill had quietly conveyed their hats and boots into the passage beforehand, so they had no difficulty in getting themselves ready for their day out. Jack joined them in the hall below. One of the maids noticed them but thought they were going into the garden, which indeed they did, that they did not stay there. "'We will walk along the road till we come to a nice field,' said Jill, who was taking the head. "'And now we really begin to chew it,' said Bumps importantly. "'But please don't go so fast!' "'Hurrah!' shouted Jack, throwing his cap into the air and catching it. "'We're going to do no horrid lessons today.' They tramped along, Bumps getting hot and breathless with her eager resolve to keep pace with the others. "'My legs is so short!' she panted ruefully. "'Please let me hold your hand, Jill!' Jill seized hold of her impatiently. "'You must be quick, Bumps, or else they'll find out we've gone and run after us. "'Now, Jack, let us go across this field. "'It leads down to the river, and no one will find us there because the trees are so thick.' The grass was wet, but that was a trifle. Buttercups were already springing up in the meadow. Larks were rising in the air, singing their morning hymn of praise, and the children broke into a run. 
not a shadow fell on their spirits they felt exhilarated by the fresh morning breeze they reached the river and then began to think of breakfast jack with great pride produced his store it was a rather fragmentary one two or three figs some bits of cake and one orange were divided into three equal portions the novelty of such a breakfast compensated for the quantity and quality but when bumps announced she was thirsty they looked rather dismayed you must drink from the river said jill but i might swallow some fishes objected bumps and i've no cup then you must wait until we go home you can't be thirsty early in the morning bumps heaved a sigh and then looked at the river meditatively it would be nice to take off shoes and stockings and go through it like the children miss falconer told us of oh yes we will cried jack we'll play at going to the golden city jill looked grave i meant to start really today she said but it's no good now because we're doing a wicked thing to play truant and you have to be good when you're walking to the golden city i mean to be double good tomorrow to make up jack was already pulling off his shoes and stockings his sisters quickly followed his example and for half an hour or so they had a delightful time in paddling about it is true that bumps fell with a splash once grazing her hands and knees against the stones and soaking her dress and pinafore but bumps's trumbles were so frequent that they passed unnoticed when they were tired of this pastime they crossed two or three more fields and then climbed up into some steep woods they were very hot and tired when they reached the top and sat down to rest we've done nothing exciting yet complained jill i thought truants always met with lovely adventures let's have our dinner suggested jack i'm sure it's time so again jack's hoard was brought out and more bits of cake and biscuits and miscellaneous scraps were divided round i wonder what miss faulkner is doing said jack do you think she's hunting for us oh don't think of her come on we must make some adventures this is very dull we'll all climb a tree said jack and pretend we're charles the second hiding in an oak bumps looked a little anxious but jill eagerly assented a suitable tree was found and up went nimble jack followed by jill who was quite as good a climber as he was bumps tried her best but failed entirely so she sat down on the grass and cried jill took pity on her and came down to assist her with the greatest difficulty she was hoisted up but when she was comfortably settled on a big branch her little face shone with pride and contentment it's my legs again she said looking down upon them with pity they are so short and and inconvenient hush cried jack there's a wild beast coming look out oh look look it's a deer it was indeed a stag that had wandered out of a private park nearby. The children had never seen one so close before. Their movements startled the timid animal. He threw his head up, scented, and then saw them, and in a moment he had dashed away through the bushes. In another moment, Jack and Jill were down on the ground and racing after him. Bumps again was left behind, and she lifted up her voice and wept a second time. I can't get down. Oh, Jill, come back. Take me down. I'm frightened. But no Jill came back, and poor Bump sobbed away, clinging hold of the branch with her hot little hands and regarding the distance down to the ground with terrified eyes. 
It seemed hours to her before anyone passed her way, and then suddenly a young man with a gun across his shoulder and a couple of dogs came into sight. "'Man! Man!' cried Bumps frantically. "'I'm left behind! Come and take me down! Oh, please take me down!' He started and looked up at her in astonishment, then a smile across his lips. "'A baby in a tree! How on earth did a small mite like you perch yourself up there?' i've been left it sobbed bumps they've run away and i'm loft the young man laughed then sprang up the tree and in another minute bumps stood on firm ground once again thank you she said prettily her face wreathed in smiles now please help me find jack and jill oh no ejaculated the young man that i refuse to do i'm in a hurry if you come along with me i will put you in the road again and then you'll soon find your way home Bumps trotted after him, quite reassured, talking fast all the time. We're having a truant day, and I've got to stay out till tea time. Till said so. It's such a long day, and I'd like to go back to Miss Faulkner. She's our governess. She takes me in her lap, and I like her. Did your gun go off? Are you killing anyone? Jack likes guns. I don't. Jill and him have run after a deer with horns. I'm sorry I couldn't run after it, too. But I think I'll go home by myself. I'm tired of being a truant. She talked on to her new acquaintance till they reached the road. Then he came to a standstill. Now where do you live? Can you find your way home? Bumps looked about her, then put one finger in her mouth and considered. I don't know this road, I'm afraid, she said slowly. Where do you live, child? The young man asked impatiently. I live at home said Bumps with dignity. What is your name? Your mother is her father's name? Oh, they went to heaven years ago. We never talked about them. My name is Winnie, but I'm called Bumps. And your other name? Winnie Varen. The young man whistled slowly. I see light at last. I know your sister, Miss Varen. You have just come down from London. I'll see you home. He seemed as anxious now to accompany Bumps back as he had been before to get rid of her. She was perfectly content to follow him. You're a keeper, I expect, she said presently. We've got two, and I'm dreadfully frightened of Andrew. He is so cross. He won't let us go into his wood at all. But Bark is very nice. He has a little boy who tumbled on the fender and had to have his forehead thrown up with needle and cotton. Fancy that! and he has the cotton in him now. Half an hour afterwards, Bumps and her friend were at the hall door, and Mona came hastily forward to meet him. Oh, Bumps, how naughty! We have been looking for you everywhere. Where are the others? Then, as the young man raised his hat and stepped forward, Mona held out her hand. Sir Henry Talbot, is it not? I met you, I think, at Mrs. Archer's the other day. How very kind of you to take pity on my small sister. Do come in. We are just going to have lunch. I thought he was a keeper, said Thumbs, staring at her sister gravely. Do you know him, Mona? Run along upstairs to Miss Faulkner. She has been out all the morning looking for you. I hope she will punish you all. You deserve it. Mona turned sharply away into the drawing room, and Sir Henry followed her willingly. Bumps toiled upstairs, feeling sore-footed and heavy-hearted. 
what would Jack and Jill say if their day was spoiled because of her? And what would Miss Faulkner say? Great tears filled her blue eyes, but she opened the schoolroom door and walked in bravely. Miss Faulkner met her with a smile of relief. Oh, Bumps, where have you been? Bumps ran to her and buried her head in her lap. I'm sorry, she sobbed. We were truants, but I've come back, and the others are loved. Where do you leave them? It was very naughty to go away as you did. Now tell me all about it. Bumps tried to check her tears. I'll never do it again, she said. They left me up a tree, and I oughtn't to have come back at all. Jill said we must stay out till tea time. She'll be angry, and Jack, too. Where are Jack and Jill? I don't know. They ran away after a deer and never came back, and I waited till a man came by, and he brought me home. No more could be got out of Bumps, who began crying again. Miss Faulkner saw that she was tired and hungry, so she wisely said no more, but gave her some dinner and then made her lie down on her bed, where she soon fell fast asleep. Meanwhile, Jack and Jill were hunting high and low for Bumps. They pursued the deer with such zeal that they missed their path in the wood and could not find their tree again. Oh, let us leave off looking, said Jack impatiently. We shall lose all our day. Bumps is sure to find her way home. We can't leave her, said Jill. She's always a bother when we bring her out. I wish we had left her behind. But they continued their search, and at last they found the object of it, but no Bumps. Jack climbed up the tree, and they shouted till they made the wood ring again, but no answer came. She's gone home, said Jack decisively. We'll just enjoy ourselves without her. I think being truants is very dull, admitted Jill. I'm not enjoying myself a bit as I thought I should. We have no adventures, and nothing has happened. We've lost bumps. Yes, so we have, but that isn't fun to us. It's only fun to the one lost. She may be having heaps and heaps of adventures. What shall we do now? Oh, there's nothing to do but just walk on and see what comes. Nothing did come. They walked right through a wood, which was a small one, and then got over a hedge into a field. Here they met a small boy carrying a milk can. Jill stopped him. I'm dreadfully thirsty, she said. Can you give me a drink? Go to your mammy. The small boy said rudely. Jill was hot-tempered. The scornful tone enraged her. She flew at the boy like a small whirlwind and knocked him down. Over went the can of milk, and the boy set up at once to fight. Jack pushed Jill aside. I'll settle him. I'll teach him manners, he cried. Jill climbed a gatepost to watch results. It was not Jack's first fight, and she felt confident that he would come off victorious. She cheered him on lustily and longed to be in the fray herself. But the small boy proved to be a better pugilist than Jack, and Jill was filled with dismay when she saw Jack thrown violently to the ground, his opponent sitting on his chest triumphantly. Will he have some more? Get up, said Jack sullenly. Now Tilly pays me threepence for that there milk. Jill dived into her pocket and threw three coppers at the boy. I shall tell Mona, and she'll have you punished for fighting us, you wicked boy. The victor laughed, slung his can over his shoulder, and ran off. Jack raised himself from the ground with difficulty. He's given my head such a bump on the ground, he said, that I feel quite queer. Your nose is bleeding, and oh, you'll have such a black eye, and your shirt is torn, and your collar bursted away. 
Shut up, growled Jack. He was like a bullet to hit. I believe he must have a wooden body. Let's find a stream of water, and then I can wash my face. They went into another field and found a stream. When Jack had put himself tidy, he said slowly, Do you know, I think we'd better go home. It isn't going to be much fun today, I can see. We ought to have had heaps of adventures, and we haven't had one. All right, it must be nearly tea time. I do hope Bumps is all right. They trudged home. Jill would not acknowledge that the day had been a failure, but then she had not been vanquished in the fight. Jack had, and his spirit as well as his body, was sore in consequence. It was four o'clock when they reached home. They stole softly up to their room, but were met by Miss Faulkner on the top landing. She looked at them in silence, then she said, I hope you have both enjoyed your day. Jack shuffled into his room and shut his door without a word. Is Bumps home? Jill asked in a shamefaced way. Yes, quite tired out, poor mite. If you put yourself tidy, Jill, I will have tea earlier. You look as if you want it. Not a word of blame or reproach. Jill went into her bedroom with a little lump in her throat. I haven't really enjoyed myself today, she said as she gazed at her untidy little self in the glass. I think it would have been much better if I had started for the Golden City this morning instead of playing truant. End of chapter 4 Recording by Gabrielle C.